Hello and welcome to the London Scots podcast. Welcome to London Scots Podcast, where we have a chat with Scots who have made it to the big smoke. It's about where they came from, why they're in London, and what their life is like. We won't solve the mysteries of the universe, but we hope to capture a slice of life and have a bit of a laugh along the way. My guest today is Edward Bloomer. Hello, Edward. Tell us, where did you come from? Hello. Well, I uh, came from uh, East Ayrshire. I grew up in a little village called Kilmores. And I moved down to take a job as an astronomer at the Royal Observatory Greenwich. And that happened in 2010, and I've been here since. And did you study astronomy? Can you study astronomy? Yeah, yeah. Um, in Scotland, uh, it's, uh, it's mainly Glasgow and St Andrews that are known for it. And I studied at Glasgow University. So yeah, yeah, you can study. I did an undergraduate degree, and then I uh, stayed on, did a PhD. And after that, I moved down to London. And what got you interested in astronomy? Uh, well, actually, someone else had asked me this fairly recently, and uh, I, was, I was struggling to answer a little bit because I, I really think it's maybe not the best sort of thing that my old supervisors would want to hear. But I do have quite fond early memories of watching things like Star Trek uh, and things like that. And, and so, yeah, that's probably a bit of an odd route into it. But um, yeah, I probably went in a bit naively. But I was always into sort of, I don't know, just sort of science and discovery and that sort of thing. But yeah, there was probably a big, strong motivation with uh, science fiction. It's not not really the same thing as doing it for real, but uh, I think as a, certainly as a kid, that probably yeah. was what I was drawn to. And what was studying in Glasgow? Like, was studying astronomy? Yeah. Uh, it, did, you, did you get to look at the stars? No, you, you don't really do too much observation, actually. I mean, there's a couple of things there. I mean, one is that astronomy in general uh, is not really sort of I speak as a man with a beard, but it's not always men with beards looking through a telescope. You know, it's an international community. There's people doing all sorts of interesting things. And astronomy is actually a much wider field than we think. In terms of studying, it was really good fun. I did a joint degree. As an undergraduate degree, I did a joint with uh, mathematics. And that's also really good fun. And in fact, actually, I think that's one of the things that's quite hard to get across to people. I think lots of people have quite traumatic memories of doing lots of sums at school. It really is sums that you're doing most of the time at school. Mathematics itself, once you get to university level, is really, really good fun. And one of the big shames, I think, is it's, it's very hard to get people up with those sort of the, the, the more basic skills that you need to sort of have at your fingertips and then to get them on board with the really, really interesting things. Because I believe it's very creative, is it? Mathematics at it, university, or it, it can be, and it can be very abstract. And um, but but also there's ju- there's just the, the sort of the joy of puzzle solving as well. And it means yeah. you can go into all sorts of different fields. I mean, some people are very good at pure mathematics. Some people become teachers, or they decide to go into finance and computing mathematics and all sorts of things. So it's, it's really really varied. And as I say, I think it's always a bit of a shame that it's very difficult to convince people of that. Because as I say, throughout school, a lot of the time you're doing lots and lots of sums and you repeat lots of things. They really try and drill it into you, certain skills. And some of that is perhaps inevitable or unavoidable. But I, I always feel that it's a bit of a shame. If you could just show people what it's like doing it at a higher level, I think we'd get more people involved in it. 
I agree entirely, actually. I think mathematics does get a bit of a bum rap at times, maybe because of the drills that people mm. had to go through and still put the I put my kids through. Maybe I have to take a more creative approach with them as well. And so you you went to Glasgow and um, you went from a a small place to a kind of big place. And then did you um, graduate and then go through? So uh, just as I was finishing up my PhD, so I did the undergraduate at Glasgow. and I actually stayed on at Glasgow to do my PhD uh, with the uh, Institute of Gravitational Research. So, uh, yeah, I, I stayed on. So I was at Glasgow Uni for a long time chronologically at least and then I moved down just as I was finishing up my PhD so yeah so I moved down to London to get I suppose my first proper job if you want to think about it that way and did you have the job before uh, well I, I had to I mean physically I had to go down and do a couple of interviews and I'd been a couple of times to visit some friends but it really was jumping straight into the big city and this was 2010 yeah, right. yeah. was it great stuff so what were your first impressions? well I was uh, looking back now I was so naive about how big the place was, how far people had commute. And I was incredibly lucky. I went on a sort of a flat share site, found a place that was really pretty close to work, just assumed that that was natural and normal and, and, sort, of, and sort of went along to some, some places. And um, the first, really the first people I spoke to liked me, wanted me as a, as a flatmate. And I moved in there pretty quickly after that. So I didn't even really have to try and um i mean looking back of course that's i mean that's such luck and coupled with immense naivety glasgow uni was a bit similar in the sense that you know in the west end lots of people stay in the west end and they bounce between different flats maybe year on year or and there's a there's a sort of rough kind of price that or certainly in my there was a kind of rough price people kind of had that mind they didn't vary too much. And so when I moved down to London, I, I just had, I think, just a mad kind of naive idea about, well, I'll just turn up and, you know, I'll look for somewhere that's no more than 10 minutes walk to work and all that sort of stuff that really isn't the, the London mm. culture for most people. And I was just lucky mm. to find a place that sort of wanted me. And that first year, can you remember what it was like? Um, well, the city itself, I I mean, I, I think the first year I, I did the thing that lots of people do, they sort of you know, you spend your weekends and you bounce around to different places and you spend huge amounts of time on the tube and uh, on buses and things like that and, and trying to sort of get used to the city a bit. And I think once you bed in a little bit, you sort of find your own area a little bit more and you make friends down there and, and you have places that you want to hang out. And because the city is so big, there are lots of places where you just think, well, you know, you might go and visit a, a museum or something, you know, a gallery or something like that, or you might might know somebody that knows somebody over there. But there are lots of bits of the city where I've no problem getting there, and I've, you know, I'm confident about doing all that sort of stuff. But there's no real call for me to go there unless I'm doing something specific. Mm. Where I, where I am down in the Greenwich mm-hmm. and Lewisham area, I feel that that's my area. That's where most mm-hmm. of the stuff I need is, and I can go on trips mm-hmm. to find other things if I want to plan ahead. Basically, mm-hmm. tell us about your work then what is a is there a, such a thing as an average <laughs> uh, possibly not well what i've done is i've moved into education essentially the royal observatory greenwich is a um it's a tourist site uh it's an education center and so we do lots of different things for different people in fact i mean there's so much going on it's you know we spend our time just uh, listing it but basically we have a, a huge public program so Seven days of the week, people can come and they can see planetarium shows. They can do historic activities, uh, or rather to say activities on the historic side of the site. But we also have a big schools program. So tens of thousands of kids every year come and do 
specific curriculum-linked activities uh, with us. And that means teachers can bring groups along and know that, you know, they're going to be having fun, hopefully, um, and enjoying themselves. But also it's it's not like a day out to a theme park. You know, they're actually going to be learning stuff and, and we're going to be teaching them stuff and we're going to be tackling uh, topics that the teachers might find difficult to tackle or, you know, we're, we're giving them a different angle on something. And do you find it strange that we spend so much of our time on our mobile phones with our heads pointing downwards usually when there's this wonderful sky above us and at night you can see these most horrific things but so few of us actually spend any time looking at it and, and finding well, out yes and it. no i mean london is a big city it's bright at night because of the city lights and so actually doing stargazing in london itself can be pretty challenging and i'm not always too quick to dismiss kind of technology because in fact that allows people to connect to telescopes all over the world and do remote observations. It allows them to keep up to date with sort of scientific endeavours. There are lots of astronomy-based things uh, that are not going to be dependent on natural or uh, optical light, that is to say, visible light, stuff that we can see with our own eyes. Mm-hmm. So yes, I think it probably is in some ways a shame that people can spend a lot of time or can grow up kind of ignorant of the night sky. I certainly think that's not best. But I also think that the technology that we've developed if you want to can allow you access to loads of amazing things as well so if i would like to and i would like to find out more about the night sky what should I well do? if you're hungry for facts and things like that actually it's one of those things you always tell school kids not to use it as a reference for any of their homework but if you're hunting for facts and things like that wikipedia is really good for lots of science stuff because it tends yeah. to be the people that are really interested in it do the editing for it. So things like astronomy and stuff like that, they tend to update pretty quickly and they're pretty accurate. I mean, of course, I feel obliged to say you should come visit us, you should come visit the Royal Observatory, come see a planetarium show, come visit mm-hmm. the historic side, the site, things like that. Um, so I feel duty bound to, to, to put that in. But actually, there's loads of stuff that people can participate in using real data. So for things like the, um, the Zooniverse project, Zooniverse is a a project set up whereby there are sub-projects within it that tackle different things. Not all astronomy, but it started as an astronomy project, so there's lots of uh, sub-projects there. And the whole point about that is people can access this stuff online, train themselves up online, their tutorials to train themselves up on a particular activity. The key to it being that it's real data, and that means there's the genuine possibility of making discoveries uh, yourself without necessarily being a trained astronomer, being a trained astronomer yourself, that is to say. So things like the Zooniverse project allow people all over the world to get involved uh, with astronomy, which I think is pretty interesting. And what do you do when you're not astronomizing? That's (laughs) the wrong word, but being an astronomer. Well, uh, I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. I should have had a good answer for that prepared. Yeah, hanging (laughs) around is not not maybe the the best... That's maybe not the best answer, but it's probably the most accurate. I've, you know, I've <laughs> visit people visit. <laughs> we like on. Yeah, I, I am. Okay. I'm trying to think. I mean, I am quite nerdy in in real life as well as professionally, so I enjoy reading and things like that, which are not, you know, maybe not the most social things. But yeah, I mean, hanging out. I think uh, one of the things I like to do, even though I, I I do very much enjoy, you know, London be busy and the size of it, and growing up in a small village, I. Kind of by the time I got to be a teenager, I was kind of sick of that. So I, I do very much enjoy, you know, the fact that there's something going on all the time in London. But occasionally I do have sort of pangs for the countryside. And so I and a couple of friends occasionally take sort of weekend trips or go on the weekend, just 
kind of get out the city for a bit of fresh air as well. The kind of mm. the local region, I suppose, surrounding London is not quite as wild as Scotland, but it's um, mm. it's really pleasant a lot. I think the better weather can't really be dismissed too easily. I think it's quite something, isn't it? It really doesn't rain half as much as it does. In the no, West well, I, again, I mean, speaking about you know how naive I was, really, it was only the first summer I spent in London where you know the grass started to die off completely and i you know i'd been, I'd been <laughs> abroad and i'd been to you know places where i i'd seen that sort of thing before so i kind of had it in my brain of course this happens and i you know i know about this but in my brain yeah, it's been. not in britain because in scotland it's sort of green, green all the time or covered in mud i suppose but uh my first summer in, in england i found it very difficult i think i also did the thing where i've noticed with other scottish people that come down as well is uh, a tendency to wear a or to at least have access to a good jacket at all times you know if you're in glasgow you can the weather will change at some point and not so everybody yeah. everybody has a kind of jacket and even if you keep it tucked under your arm you've always got it there it took me yeah. a while and i've discussed this with other people that you know it, it takes you a while and eventually you realize well you know it's a sunny day today so it will probably be okay all day you don't have to worry you can pick it out or whatever, and then yeah, that's, that's when you know you've really arrived. Yes. And then the problem is you go back up uh, north, and you sort of think to yourself, "Oh my goodness, it's very cold, and it's always raining." And um, <laughs> you know, the Glasgow accent is quite harsh. Have your views of Scotland changed at all? Do you think in those uh, well, almost nine years now? Um, yes. I mean, I think I think Scotland itself has 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 been changing. So I'm not sure if it's um, just my feelings towards it. I mean, I tend to go up for visiting friends and things like you know, weddings and funerals and that sort of thing, going back for Christmas, that sort of stuff. So I do appreciate that, one, I'm only seeing it every now and then for a little spot. And certainly when I'm going up to visit friends, I do miss it a lot and I miss that a lot. But I always try and keep in my mind, well, you're essentially taking a little holiday here. You know, if you, mm. let's say you move back, yeah. you're not going to necessarily yeah. be just sitting in a a nice pub with your friends having a chat all the time. So I, I yeah, I, in thirty. It's um, I mean, I I wouldn't claim to be you know particularly politically politically astute, let's say, or anything like that. But uh, you know, and so I think the country is changing. But I always just have in the back of my head, well, I I'm only visiting. I'm so bouncing back every now and then. So the changes that I see, I I always think, well, I'm 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 getting a biased view of them anyway. Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really yeah. I'm paying attention day on day. I think. Okay, Edward, it's joke or app time. You have to tell us a joke or or tell us about uh, an app you find kind of useful, stroke indispensable to your life, or or both well, if you fancy. I'll try joke, okay, but I'm going to try a joke that yeah. hardly ever works. And in fact, I, I I wonder if you know if anyone listening to the podcast will actually decide that this is a good joke or not. I think it's great, and my dad okay. thinks it's great. Okay. And we are the only two people on earth, I think, that thinks this is uh, this is a good joke. So uh, uh, th- this will be very divisive, possibly. And you might not even register that this works as a joke. Okay. So the joke is, okay. two lions walk into Piccadilly Circus. One turns to the other and says, it's quiet here, isn't it? And that's the whole joke. And I would say, yeah, apart from me and my dad, maybe two. I mean, in fact, even even your laughter seems like polite laughter. But I think that's a re- I think that's a really good well, job. Polite laughter. I think it's probably the build up to it all. But yeah, it's uh, yes, no, 
Works as a joke. It's technically a joke, I think, but uh, not much more. (laughs) Very good. That's brilliant. Well, listen, thank you very much for coming on and and telling us about your London life and the intricacies, uh, or some intricacies, of astronomical life. And uh, two tickets to the Cayley Club is yours. Anytime you want to, just drop us a line. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for sharing your thoughts. Thanks very much. Bye. Cheers, Edward. Thank you for listening to the London Scots podcast. It's been a blast for us and we hope that you've enjoyed it. The wonderful music was provided by Licence to Cayley and if you're looking for a taste of Scotland in London and a great night out, then head over to the Cayley Club. Have a wonderful day, everybody, and lang may your love week. Thank you and bye-bye.